Welcome to the Effortless English Show with the world's number one English teacher, A.J. Hogue, where A.J.'s more than 40 million students worldwide finally learn English once and for all without the boring textbooks, classrooms, and grammar drills. Here's A.J. with a quick piece to help you learn to speak fluent English effortlessly. I'm A.J. Hogue, the author of Effortless English, Learn to Speak English Like a Native, and the father of the Effortless English system that trains you, that teaches you, you speak English fluently, you speak English powerfully, you speak English confidently, you speak English effortlessly. When you join and when you commit, don't quit to my VIP program at Effortless EnglishClub.com, EffortlessEnglishClub.com. Commit, don't quit there. Be a VIP member. You also, of course, will get our movie club lessons as an extra bonus just for VIP members. Commit, don't quit at EffortlessEnglishClub.com, EffortlessEnglishClub.com. Our topic today, continuing on, kind of related to our challenge, is learning faster, learning faster, learn English faster, improve faster. Everybody wants fast. I understand we all like to feel improvement. In fact, you know, that's probably the most motivating thing. People ask, how can I increase my motivation? AJ, I'm not motivated to learn English. I've lost my motivation. Well, the number one motivator is improvement. When you feel you are improving, when you notice you are improving, you get excited. You become more enthusiastic. It's very motivating. You want to do more because it's a great feeling of improving. You know, I remember this. um, I was learning to kite surf in Hawaii. And it's the same kind of thing. So I, I started learning how to do kite surfing in Hawaii living in Maui, and Maui's like one of the top places in the whole world, Maui Island in Hawaii, for kite surfing in in the whole world, windsurfing and kite surfing. I decided I want to learn kite surfing, and I'd never done anything like that. No skateboarding, no surfing, nothing really at all with a board, not even uh, snowboarding at that point. So I remember I went, I started taking lessons, and uh, you know, like the first five, maybe ten lessons uh, very, very frustrating. Very, very frustrating. Kind of scary. I was a bit scared and nervous in the water because the wind on Maui is very powerful. So you've got this big kite. You know, kite surfing, it looks like a parachute, right? And you've got these lines coming and they come and you wear a belt. You've got a belt around your waist and the lines from the kite attach to the belt. And then you control... You can control the power and the direction. But it just felt so powerful to me, the wind. Because if I made a small mistake, the wind would catch the kite and boom, it would pull me out of the water. It would shoot me several meters in the air. And then my face would hit the water again. And the water would go up my nose and into my mouth. And I'd be coughing. And it would still be pulling me across the water. It's very frightening to me, very scary, because I'm just not used to that. And, you know, this happened again and again and again and again. And... I started to lose my motivation after a while, you know, after 10 times, 10 lessons doing this. It's just feeling like constantly nothing happening, like I can't stand up, I could not. I could not stand up on the board, the the 
because it's like a, it looks like a snowboard. You, the the standard, the normal uh, kite surfing board looks like a snowboard. So I was just being dragged in the water, water up my nose. Go back again. Next lesson, same thing. Felt like I was not improving at all. No improvement. And when you feel this, when you feel no improvement, that's when you lose motivation for learning something, right? That's when you become very frustrated. When you start to feel like, ah, maybe I should quit. Maybe I'm not good at this. Maybe I'm stuck, right? Then you feel the motivation going down, down, down. And I was, this was happening to me, you know, like 10 times and then 12 times. And then... After that, yeah, this Anjali guy is going to get, he's spammed. Get rid of him. Just block him, guys. If you're watching, block this guy. Anyway, um, I started getting very, very, very frustrated. Very frustrated. And I was about to quit. I was ready to quit kite surfing. I was ready to just say goodbye. No more kite surfing for me. And then what happened? I actually got lucky. The teacher, Mike, the guy that was teaching me, he was not free. So I got a different coach, a different teacher, a different coach joined um, and gave me a lesson. And he just, his teaching was better. He, he, he saw my problems. He taught me some ways to adjust, some ways to change. And what happened? I suddenly could stand up on the board ah, just for like a few seconds, but it was an improvement. And as soon as I felt that improvement, I got very excited again. I got very excited. My motivation, boom, shot up. Of course, I immediately tried to get more lessons with the new guy and I got very excited. And then just a few more lessons after that, I was able to stand up. I started to learn how to kite surf, and then I became a kite surfer. And after that, I stayed motivated and enjoyed it a lot. So you can kind of see, you see the point of this, right? Is that the most frustrating thing is when you feel like you're not improving. And on the other side, when you feel improvement, when you feel the improvement, when you notice your own improvement, that's when your motivation will go up, up, up a lot. You'll really get motivated, which is fantastic. Now just a second, guys. I'm just going to do one thing really quick. We're going to have a little pause, and then I'll talk more about the topic and then come to your questions and comments as usual. This, right, is that the most okay, frustrating thing is when you feel like you're not improving. Here and on is. the other side, when you feel improvement, and when you feel the improvement, when you notice your own improvement, channel. that's when your motivation and will go up, up, up a lot. You'll really get motivated, and which is fantastic. Remove him. Just a second, guys. I'm just going to do one thing really All right. quick. He's gone. A little pause, and then I'll... All right, then. So anyway, back to our topic. <laughs> Sorry for the interruption. Um, the point is this. When you're not, I, and I know some of you, you get stuck. You're in a plateau or whatever reason's happening. You get frustrated and then what? Then you feel like you're not improving and you start to lose motivation. Of course, this is a bad thing because when you lose motivation, you do less and less and less. Then your improvement Get slower, slower, slower. Your motivation goes down, 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 and maybe you eventually stop and you stop trying, you stop quit. That's not good. So, not good at all. So, 
We want to do the opposite. We want to get this big feeling of improvement because it gets us excited and then we really make fast progress. Then you really will go faster and faster and faster. And that is the point of our challenge because sometimes what you need to do to make improvement, maybe you're stuck. You're doing one hour a day. You're doing two hours a day. And maybe you're improving a little bit, but not much. You're not feeling it really. And it's starting to feel boring and starting to feel less motivated. So at this point, the thing to do is to make a huge effort to just do something big, big, big for a while. Not forever, but for a while. You know, like just a huge effort, lots and lots and lots of hours every day. A big, big push. We call this momentum in physics, it's also called inertia. This is when when you get something moving, it will be easier to keep it moving. I've talked about this on my podcast, right? Like if you have a big rock, you're trying to push a big rock. Well, the hardest part is the beginning, right? It's not moving and ah, you got, it's so hard to push this thing. But when you finally, when it starts to move and it starts rolling and rolling and rolling, then it gets easier to make it go faster and faster and faster, right? It needs You need less energy, less energy, less energy to keep it going. It's that beginning part to just get, get it moving is the hardest part. It requires a huge effort, a huge energy. And so this is why we're going to do these challenges because by making this huge effort for three months, you can get your English moving very fast, meaning you can make some big, big, big improvements in three months. After that, it will be easier to keep it going, right? You can, you don't have to do this forever, okay? But if you make this big effort for three months, you'll feel a really big improvement. Your motivation will go up. Your confidence will go up. Your improvement will go faster and faster. And then after that, it will be easier to keep it going, to continue improving quickly. You can, you can do fewer hours, less effort, but you'll still get great results. It's the beginning, right? Getting that moving that's hard. So that's why for the August, September, and October, we're going to make huge efforts, all of us. Big, big, big efforts. Huge number of hours every day of listening and or reading. And we're going to get ourselves moving so we all make these big improvements during those three months. And then after that, we can relax a little bit and we'll still continue to improve. Now, this works for other things, not just languages. This works for anything. You know, uh, it's the same thing starting a business. If you're starting your own business. Starting the business, you have to make a huge, huge effort in the beginning. You know, the first few years usually require a massive effort. Huge number of hours, a huge amount of creativity, a huge amount of failure and learning. All of this is required when you start your new business. But once you finally get that business moving, you learn your important business skills, the business is growing and successful. After that, it's easier. After that, you can work less and less and less, but continue to succeed. And finally, this is also true for health and fitness. That if you're really lazy or fat or something, you know, you probably need a big, big effort for maybe one year. To one year to really change your life. 
You know, for example, like when I was a runner, I started do, I was running and I, I just decided I'm going to do marathons. Why? Well, marathons are long. So I knew if I can do a marathon, then the shorter distances, the shorter races would feel quite easy to me. So I trained for a marathon. I finished my first marathon. Then I did another one. I did three total marathons and and I, well, I kind of did a fourth one myself, but the point is that now for me, anything shorter than a marathon is not so long. Like if I, if I had the idea I want to train for a 10K race, I could do that in a few months, even though I'm not even running now because it just feels like it's not so long, right? I got that momentum, that, that big confidence from doing the long race first. So this is a it's a good argument to make a huge effort in the beginning. My final example, fasting, fasting. So, you know, in the past, I tried fasting like a little bit for a short time and it was difficult. So last month, I just fasted for five weeks, five weeks, constantly fasting, you know, two day fast, three day fast, constantly fasting, fasting. I lost all the extra weight very quickly. Five weeks, I dropped 10 kilograms. Now, after five weeks of fasting a lot, I have all this momentum. Now I'm eating one meal a day. It's very easy. It feels totally easy because I made the huge effort of five weeks and now I can make less effort and still get great benefits. Alrighty, so... Let's go to our questions and comments live on YouTube today. Lissandro asks, how can I ask questions to AJ Hogue? Well, you just did. <laughs> you just did. Uh... Vladislav says, kite surfing seems painful, I guess. Learning was painful. Um, after you learn, once you can stand up and do the basics, just ride, um, it's not so painful. It's, it's kind of, it's just painful sometimes when you crash. You have a big crash and, you know, the water goes up your nose and it can be a bit painful. It's uh, painful when you're trying maybe new, a new trick or something and then you crash. Sometimes it's painful. Um or scary or uncomfortable but once you learn how to do it then after that it's quite fun and uh, I, you know, I haven't done it in a long time I'd probably need to take a few lessons again just to remind but it's the good thing is it's something you remember quite quickly kind of like riding a bicycle but it's fun it's really fun I don't live in a kite surfing place now when I lived on Maui I could kite surf every day if I wanted to almost every day uh, Japan and I'm living in a city now so I can't do it Ah, okay, Lissandro. Oh, this is interesting. So, Lissandro asking a question. I started learning Chinese recently. Well, good luck with that. My wife speaks Chinese. I want to know how you're learning Japanese. It's so important to know because Chinese and Japanese look like each other. Yeah, man. That, so, you know, you've got, this, you've got the extra difficulty of these languages with the characters. And I'm only just now, you know, I thought... 
to be honest, I thought, okay, I'm going to skip the characters. I'm going to avoid them. I'm just going to learn the speaking. But I, you know, I finally realized the characters are an important part of the language. If I reading is important in any language it helps to build vocabulary so i decided to stop being lazy <laughs> so i'll tell you what i'm doing in japanese with the characters i'm just starting in japan they they the school children they learn certain characters each grade so in grade one they have they call them the grade one characters or kanji right so in first grade all the grade one children they learn the same ones so i'm just going to follow that I'm just going to follow what these kids do. So I'm just right now, I'm learning the grade one kanji. The cool thing about that is I can use um, materials for Japanese school kids, right? There's, I'm in Japan right now, but even if you're not in the country, you can get online and order maybe. So I don't know. China probably has something like this, right? The Chinese school system probably has some way, some like specific order like groups of characters they teach to their kids so I, why not you know do what the natives are doing just follow so I'm just doing it like my my nephew I'm following the same order I'm probably going to borrow some of his books <laughs> my little nephew he's 8 years old um, that's what I'm doing there are also apps you can do like I've got an app uh, it's specifically for Japanese but I'm sure there are apps for Chinese characters learning I'm not so worried about writing Writing a little bit helps just to remember, but I'm not worried about writing perfectly. I'm, mo I'm mostly concerned about reading, and I'm just going to take my time. I'm mostly listening still, and I'm just going to be patient about the characters. So that's my best advice. I'll give maybe I have better advice later when I actually have made some progress. That's what I'm trying right now. Yeah, Fernanda says, I'm late. I didn't receive a notification. Yep. YouTube is kind of bad about that. Well, Vladislav is correct about Chinese. Just talking about Chinese today. Um, the reading, the, the characters, uh, right, Japanese borrowed the Chinese characters. Now, the speaking is completely different. The word order is different. Now, you have, there's the good news and bad news about Chinese. <laughs> well, this is for English speakers. And, Lissandra, I guess you're an English speaker. So, the good news is Chinese grammar is super, super simple and easy and not hard. Not hard at all. Very, and the word order is similar to English. It's not complicated. Japanese grammar and, and word order is completely different than English it's it's probably the most difficult part of the language for me is just the word order so strange and it's hard to understand the sentences because everything's in weird order um, but on the other hand the bad news about Chinese is the pronunciation you've got the tones so you've got to be able to hear those tones you know ma 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 right that's that's the hard part that's like Thai Thai has the same Thai has five tones Well, Diego says, I'm Brazilian. I live in Dubai. Your podcasts have helped me a lot this year, this last year. Good, Diego. Great. Thank you. Yeah, like Fernanda says, the all-out effort at the beginning in order to break through and achieve momentum. This is so important. It's important for English. It's important for really anything you're starting that's, that's new and potentially difficult that 
that is something that's going to require a long learning process that getting that getting that initial because it can be very intimidating right so getting that big improvements in the beginning and then also even later times right anytime you start slowing down make that big push again it would be the same if you were learning to play the guitar for example make a huge effort with the guitar for three months four months six months really make a big improvement learn a lot of chords learn a bunch of songs get really comfortable with the guitar and then you can you know then you can relax a little bit and then if you feel like you're not again you're not improving another huge effort and I do this kind of automatically with my fitness. I've just always done this mostly from boredom. <laughs> so I'll have a lot of times in my life where I'm just doing kind of basic fitness level. I'm not doing, I'm not training for anything serious. You know, for me, that means I walk about one or two hours a day with, with some weight in a backpack. Or now with the babies. <laughs> That's just my basic normal fitness and then I do some push-ups some pull-ups a few things like that so that's I might do that for a year I might do that for two years I might do that for six months whatever then maybe I get a little bored maybe I feel my motivation dropping that's when I choose some more difficult challenge so I train for something harder so I make a big effort of three months or five months or six months training for a race nowadays I'm usually training for some long uh, hiking or walking trip like the Camino de Santiago like Shikoko 88 there's a few others I've done and that makes me do a lot more like Sometimes, sometimes I'll run when I'm training for those things and sometimes I'll just use a heavy backpack and walk long, long hours every day and really make a big increase. But I don't do it all the time, um, but I do it just, you know, every, every year or so. Hey, Cardo, good to see you. I'm doing fine. Thanks. Okay, Hoar says, what's your opinion about using a dictionary if I don't understand something when I listen? Yeah, you know, eventually you can look it up. You, sometimes it's okay to just uh, listen and notice the word, but... You know, you listen again, you notice it again, you listen like five, six times, and eventually you're like, what does that word mean? And then you, then you can look it up. But it's okay to also just ignore it for a while or just guess, and then eventually you just want to know. Okay, now Abdo says, I've been listening to English for seven months, but I have a problem. I don't like reading. If I want to read a book, I get an audiobook. What's your suggestion to cultivate my reading skill? Well, you know, it's totally fine. There's not a problem. That's great. Audiobooks are fantastic. You're working on your listening. Uh, they have some advantages. You know, the big advantage of an audiobook is you can do other things. You can go for a walk. You can go for a jog. You can drive your car. You can sit in a train with an audiobook. It's harder to do those things, especially the walking and <laughs> driving with a regular book. So you've got to use your eyes to drive or to see where you're going. So, I mean, you don't have to. You don't have to worry about the reading right now. If you're enjoying the audiobooks, just do that. Do that and then maybe 
later you can go back and do some reading, but I'd say don't force yourself. Motion says, is it possible to be a VIP member without having already bought other courses like Power English? Yes. If you feel like you're uh, kind of upper intermediate already, just join the VIP. It's totally fine. Oh, Elena. <laughs> now, Elena with a funny, uh, an interesting comment that's funny but there's truth in it there's actually I've seen at least one research study about this topic so Elena says can you explain this why do a lot of people speak better and effortlessly after they have taken some alcohol it's true too right I can't remember where back when I was in grad school I found some research study someone studied this and indeed it's true that uh, they actually studied the number of drinks, like the number of beers. So one or two beers, the people would speak more fluently. Their speaking improved foreign language. I think they used they were looking at English. They their speaking got better if they drank one or two beers. After two beers, it got worse. They started to get drunk and they couldn't think clearly. So why? Well, I mean, I think it's quite clear what's going on is that it relaxes you right it's stress it's the tension we've talked about this topic that uh, especially when you're you know, until you're very advanced you get nervous about speaking English I, I get n nervous you know when I uh, when, well I used to get nervous when I was uh, doing public speaking and then I would have more difficulty speaking my own language uh, when I was in Spain I mentioned that sometimes I would get nervous about trying my Spanish and then my speaking would get worse. I couldn't think of any words. It's very frustrating. And uh, many of you have said the same thing that, you know, like kind of when you're by yourself, you could just talk to yourself in English and really relax, no problem. And then you meet a native speaker and, uh, and you can't think of anything. So it's the emotional part, it's the stress, it's the nervousness causes a problem with your thinking. This is just, you know, basic uh, psychology, basic physiology. It's not only language this happens, this hang happens with a lot of things. This is why public speaking is difficult, job interviews, you know, it's the same thing, right? You're in a job interview, they ask you an easy question, and then uh, 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 you, you have trouble answering it in your own language. Why? It's you're nervous. Right, it's the tension, the nervousness. So what this out, what the alcohol does, one or two drinks, is it relaxes you. You stop caring, and this is why people drink alcohol for dating, right? To try to talk to girls or talk to guys. Same problem, right? So you've got a guy. He sees a girl he likes. He wants to talk to her. Without the alcohol, he's uh, he's nervous. He has a couple drinks. Hey, how's it going? And then everything's fun and relaxed and loose. So this happens with the foreign language. It can happen. It's like you've got the English in there and you drink a couple drinks and then now you're just relaxed. You don't care about making mistakes. You don't care about anything. You're just totally relaxed, fun, you. And the words just come out. Yeah, it's interesting, huh? The problem What's the problem with that? Well, the problem is you don't want to do this because then you depend on drinking, right? You want to speak English when you're not drinking. 
and the drinking can cause other problems. It can cause you to, you know, make bad decisions about in other ways and many other problems. Plus, when you, you want to use English probably in many situations when you cannot drink. Just like public speaking, you don't want to drink when you're going to give a speech. You might need you might want to give speeches for your job, for work. Also, the problem is you can start to act kind of weird, act funny, uh, say things that are not so, you know, not appropriate, uh, not um, polite, right? You can make these social mistakes when you're drinking. So it can help the nervousness, but it can cause other problems. So it's, you don't want to depend on it. But yes, it's a true thing. It is, it's real. Okay, lots of people saying hi. The same happens with cocaine, Charla says. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it does. I mean, honestly, probably if you drank enough coffee, it wouldn't work, right? If you drank, tick, 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 you know, people, when they drink a lot of coffee, they'll, blah, 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 they start talking really fast, right? Because <laughs> they get that energy. Now, it can also make you kind of nervous, but even a lot of caffeine would probably do it. Aguilo, hello. <laughs> Gilmer says, yes, so we have to drink some alcohol. That's not what I'm saying. But, you know, it does work a little bit. So Ray Donovan is learning Chinese. He says, it's easy. Well... It's easy once you know it. I think the key thing with uh, the, the characters is, you know, I had to change my mindset about it. Uh, I had a mindset that they're difficult, that, oh, it's going to be hard. Oh, I don't want to do it. And very negative about it, honestly. And uh, what I've noticed is people who learn the, to read in Japanese and they learn those kanji in Chinese too, is that they, re they have a different, a much more positive uh, mindset about it they see them as very interesting as very fascinating and they want to learn them and they really get into it and really enjoy it and I think that's probably the key point uh, Royal says would you recommend us to learn a lot of synonyms well, I mean, just learn them as you learn them, right? This is my overall advice for vocab is just learn it from uh, context, meaning learn it from something you're reading or from something you're listening to. Don't force it like, oh, I've got to learn five synonyms for, you know, for some word and just randomly learn it. It's, you're just going to forget it. There's no point in doing that. Um, just you'll naturally learn synonyms as you read more and listen more. So there's nothing you need to force about it. 
Cardo says, I have an addiction. I'm a coffee junkie. Do you drink coffee, AJ? I do. I have kind of a limit of one a day right now. <laughs> I try not to drink too much. And some days I'll go from fasting. I don't drink it. And um, so just very moderately I do. Tayaki with a good point. Maybe I'll do the challenge as much as I can enjoy. I'm afraid too much effort will make me less motivated. That's a great point, Tayaki. You you don't want to exhaust yourself. If it starts to feel stressful, then relax a little bit. That's right. And that's another point about this competition. So maybe this challenge. I don't even like calling it a competition, really. There might be some people who are doing 10 hours a day already. Okay, now, for like for me to try to do 10 or 12 hours of Japanese a day, I think like Taiyaki right now, it would feel very stressful. It's, it's, it takes a lot of effort right now for me to understand anything. Even beginner level stuff feels, uh, you know, I, have a, I, I got to concentrate a lot. I can't just kind of half listen. So, I, if, I, if I push too much, I'm like Taiyaki said, I know that if I push too far, it's going to start feeling really tight. It's just like, again, like fitness. If you're starting to train for a marathon, you don't run a marathon the first day, right? You, if you're only riding, you know, can only do 5K, you start with 5K per day. Then you increase it to 6K, 7K, 8K, and you go up until you reach the marathon distance. But it's a building up. Well, it's kind of that your mind is the same, you know, your level of concentration. People have said the same about meditation, you know, to just suddenly try to meditate 12 hours a day. I've done that and uh, it is a shock and it's not easy. But um, so that's why I recommend this challenge. Just try to improve. You You don't have to beat anyone else. Okay, I'm not going to try to beat anyone else. I already know people are doing many more hours than I will. But I'm going to try to just keep improving. Like do more each week. Do more each week. Keep increasing. Increasing my concentration. Increasing it as long as I... Keeping it enjoyable. That's a good point, Tayaki. Don't push too far and destroy your motivation. Don't make it something that you hate. Try to keep it fun. Keep it interesting. In says, I like your mug. Is it copper? No, it has kind of a, it has like a little copper finish to it, but it's ceramic. It's uh, made in Japan. Uh, My wife bought this, I believe, in Kyoto. There's this whole neighborhood in Kyoto where uh, people make make, uh, ceramic. Really nice. They have a festival every year and they sell uh, ceramic things. Uh, Booyah says, does shadowing mentally help? Yeah, I do that sometimes. Like if I'm in public, I'm out in public and I don't want to be <laughs> speaking out loud, then just in my mind as I'm listening, I'll kind of try to repeat along with the audio. Mostly it just keeps me more focused. I think the benefit of shadowing is mostly concentration. It forces you to concentrate a little more and notice a little more. Yes, good point. Christy says, I remember when I started reading an English book. It was so hard the first time. 
so many words I didn't know. Now I can do it without looking up the dictionary so often. The key is just enjoy the process. That last sentence. The key is just enjoy the process. Yep. That's right. That's right. What is your current Spanish level, AJ? Oh, I have sunk down. I haven't... I've done no Spanish in like uh, four and a half years. So it's probably back down to a low intermediate. But I'm planning. We're thinking of going to Spain in, in, in a couple of years. So right now I'm going to work on Japanese for probably a year and a half at least. After that, I'll try to revive you know wake up my spanish we'll see if i can make some more improvement with spanish later uh i get more motivated when i have a trip <laughs> yeah so see wajek zimek good point i did my own mp3 files from the matrix so just stripped out the audio First I listen and read, then I listen and repeat. I did this with Shrek and The Lion King a few years ago. The effects were amazing. I still remember dialogues. Great. Good suggestion. Booyah says, I do three hours. Oops. I do three hours of shadowing per day for two months straight. Do you think my pronunciation will improve a lot? I think so. It should. <laughs> yeah, the Zivinek says, I drank a little before my final guitar exam at the conservatory, and it was my best performance ever. Next time I'll drink a lot. Next time I drink a lot and it did not work. Yeah, right? See? It worked a little bit. Can just make you a little more relaxed. Too much will destroy your technique, destroy your concentration. So you got to be careful. Okay. <laughs> Roman says, uh, about the last live show, do you think it was a local internet problem or not Facebook wants to ban you? No idea. I know they do ban and slow people down sometimes though it's hard to know you know their employees have specifically said that they want to ban people and cause problems so I'm just going by their official policy ah okay I should explain this again because Vladislav says what is shadowing yeah, shadowing is a technique it was um, as far as I know developed by a man named Alexander Argelis Argelis I think that's how he's He's American, so probably pronounced Argelis. Uh, a guy who speaks many languages. I can't remember. 20 languages, I think he speaks. Something like that. And he developed this technique where you listen to an audio 
and you speak with the audio at the same time. So you're listening and speaking. You're practicing both at the same time. No pausing. You don't push the pause button. This is challenging. So, you know, like if I'm listening to Japanese and the speaker says, Konnichiwa. So I hear Konnichiwa. And then as fast as I can, I say it also. Konnichiwa. 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 <laughs> right? And of course, the audio keeps going. So if the speaker's fast, this is very tough. Very tough, especially for beginners uh, to keep up. And so a lot of times you'll find uh, you, you can't do it and you, you got you to gotta just wait and then next sentence try, keep trying. You'll find sometimes you'll, you know, you, you say the words completely wrong. You'll, say, you'll find sometimes you're not hearing the word clearly. You're not sure exactly what the speaker said. All of this is normal. So it can feel kind of frustrating. But the idea is you use the same audio again and again, so a lot of repetition. So the first few times, the audio is can be very difficult, but maybe after 20 times, now you know the audio very well, you know what's coming next, so it's a lot easier, right? When you hear it, you can say it because you, you know what the sentence is going to be. And you're trying to match, trying to imitate the speaker's speed, and pronunciation so it's you're, you're, you're practicing you're listening and speaking at exactly the same time it's challenging but it can help your pronunciation it helps your listening because it forces you to listen very carefully see sometimes if we're listening we're not shadowing you know right you can kind of uh, and kind of your mind can start thinking about something else but if you're shadowing if your mind thinks about something else you'll bleh, you won't be able to do it you'll notice suddenly oh you can't say the words because you're not focused so it forces your mind back to focus on the listening I think that's the best benefit is that it forces your concentration to be better while listening. And it also gets you used to saying the words and saying the words at a faster, like a native speed. So it helps fluency a lot too. It helps your fluency with time. And then finally, it can help your pronunciation too. You can do a search if you want. Uh, he, there's a video of him in, briefly demonstrating it with Chinese. He was learning Chinese and he's he, now other points the way he teaches it and the way and I agree he um, teaches that you should do this while you're walking not sitting and just like me you know it's interesting because I found his videos and I like oh I like this. this I feel the same way and you know, you know you guys know I'm always talking about listening while you're walking practicing English while you're walking and you know he found the same thing that it wakes your brain up keeps you more active you can concentrate better when you're moving your body when you sit it's quite easy to you know lose your concentration so you do it ideally you do it with a loud voice but like I can't usually do it with a loud voice because I'm doing it at night when my wife's sleeping so I'll do it with a quiet voice Yeah, Lisa says, I studied Russian for eight years at school. I could speak well, but I didn't practice afterwards. I'm very sorry, because after almost 40 years, nothing comes to mind. I know, it sucks, huh? You do have to maintain those languages uh, after. Now, now, again, again, the good news is 
that to maintain the language is much easier than learning it, right? So maybe to maintain it, you only need an hour a day. Just do some reading. Just keep it a little active in your mind. Learning it requires more usually. But see, this is one of my questions I have for people like Steve Kaufman or this guy, Alexander Argelis. They speak 20 languages. How do they maintain all those languages? I mean, how do they just maintain, you know, each day, 20 languages? How do you keep them active? Or maybe they don't. Maybe they let some of them just become less active, and when they need them, they make them active again. But uh, I'm curious about that. Seems like it would be quite tough after a while. Syed says, uh, I love your lifestyle. It's so calm, no stress. I think it's the simplicity is the key. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's right. Oh, someone said, join Gab, dude. Says in. Let's talk about Gab really quickly. I'm going to show you. You guys were asking about the challenge. So here's my Gab, okay? This is my Gab profile. Gab.com at AJ Hogue. A-J-H-O-G-E. And you can see here, and there's my nice smiling picture. And you'll see the posts right there. And right at the top, it's a, it says pinned. The very top one on my profile Join the Effortless English Listening and Reading Challenge. Join here free. And there's the link right there. Click that link. You'll go to the page and you have to enroll. You just click, click each one you want and then hit enroll and you sign up. It's free. That's how you do it. So it's on my Gab right here. Right there on my Gab profile. Easy. I want to mark my Japanese. My Japanese would be a one right now. <laughs> one out of ten. Uh, oh, Angel Ranhel says, uh, "Are you? Are there new lessons coming up? Any new ideas?" Uh, movie, the movie club lessons. Those will be available to VIP members. Those are the, probably the newest ones. I'm just doing them each week. If you're not a VIP member, you can join live on Twitch every Sunday. What else? Oh, the business English lessons coming probably just a few weeks. Uh, the lessons are ready now. The sales page is almost ready. They're basically almost ready. I'll do... Uh, early I'll open it early for VIP members you'll have a discount then I'll do an early opening for you all everybody who watches the show you'll also get a discount and then I'll open it for everybody so business English is next the movie lessons will be ongoing we'll constantly be doing after the matrix we'll do another movie and another movie so those will just be never ending and then I do have ideas for other lessons but uh, not any plans yet <laughs> Rajani says, I'm shadowing you right now and feeling better. See? Cool. 
You can do it during the live show even. Good good point. <laughs> ah, see, Jenny says there's an option in YouTube to slow down the speed of the video if the speaker is too fast. There you go. And if the speaker's too slow, you could speed it up if you want some practice for speed. Yeah, no, see, this is a good point. Charles says, Charles Pontes says, this is what kids do naturally and fearlessly. It is what kids do. You'll notice this about kids when they get interested in something. It might be a topic they're learning. It might be a skill they're trying to learn. It might be a sport or a game. They just jump in and they're kind of crazy about it for a while. Like my, again, my nephew, he... Like, I'll just give you a small example. There's this card game he plays. It's called Trump. He calls it Trump. I don't know what the name of it is. But anyway, he learned this game, and suddenly he just wants to play it all the time. All the time, every day, constantly. Right? He just jumps in a huge amount. Now, it's just a card game, but, you know, he gets really good at the card game. He learns all the rules very fast. And then he'll get interested in something else, like Beatles. So then suddenly he's reading books and books and books and books about beetles and he's looking for beetles in the ground and he's finding beetles and he's bringing them home and he's studying them and he's raising them <laughs> in his apartment, right? And he just goes crazy, just a massive effort. But the key point about kids is it's all done with an attitude of enjoyment and fun and curiosity, not stress. They're not doing it like, I must get better. I must improve. That's not their mentality. They're doing it. This is so fun. This is so interesting. I just want to do it more and more and more and more. It's a big difference. This is the biggest problem we adults have is that we're too focused on performance. We're too, too, too worried about measuring our improvement, our performance. Are we getting better? Are we good enough? Am I making mistakes? All nervous. Children don't think like that. Most children are only thinking about enjoying, being curious, and just enjoying the process, right? This is why a child will watch the same TV show or movie 20 times, 50 times, if they really like it. Just because they like it. They're not trying to improve their language ability, but they do because... After 50 times or 20 times, you know, they get those phrases stuck in their brain. That's, you'll notice little child children like to read the same books, the same stories again and again and again. Or they want you to read the same stories many, 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 many times. So we can learn from them their, about their attitude. So doing this challenge with an attitude of curiosity and fun and just enjoyment and not stressing about performance, not even thinking about, oh, I gotta get better, am I getting better? Uh." That's what adults do and they destroy the fun. That's why their motivation's worse. This is the big advantage kids have is their attitude. Yeah, like Fuktin says, I'm shouting you now also. Sometimes I just say blah, blah, blah if I don't understand. Mostly I can catch your speed and pronunciation. I love doing it. Yeah, it, it can become quite fun. Shadowing out loud or shadowing in my mind. Which one is best? Asks Suracha. Out loud is better. 
but sometimes it's not convenient. So in your mind is also okay. Either one's okay. If you can do it out loud, that's better because then you can hear your own pronunciation, right? In your mind, you don't really notice. But when you are out loud, you'll notice, often you'll notice how bad your pronunciation is and this can help you improve. Oh, cool. Sergey says, my wife has been doing power English for about eight months. I feel she has improved a lot. We even started to text each other in English. Cool. Very nice. <laughs> Funny profile picture. Yep. Fernanda says, I do shadowing with your audios. I trained with the pronunciation course. Yes, my pronunciation course uses shadowing quite a lot. Ayob says, I heard living in Japan is so expensive. Is that true? It depends where you live and where you're from. Tokyo is very expensive. Uh, Osaka, I don't know, Osaka. It depends. See, I, I, came from, I came from San Francisco, so everything feels less expensive. <laughs> San Francisco is now one of the most expensive cities in the world. So ev- after San Francisco, everything feels cheap to me. <laughs> okay. So it's hard for me to answer that question. It's cheaper than San Francisco, but more expensive than Thailand. Yosef's teaching children. Very nice. Hi, Jay. I love you. My name is AJ. I mean, my, my name is AJ. Hi, AJ. Mr. AJ, my name is Yosef from Sudan. How to motivate children learning. Thank you for your dedication. Well, it's complicated, but you've got to stop forcing them, right? You know, I think that we have to limit the amount of what I would call structured, forced learning in kids. There are some things they have to learn. We know this. But it's done way too much in the school system. English is not something I would force on them. You have to do the opposite. You've got to make, again, what's their advantage? The advantage kids have is they're curious. So you have to make kids curious. You have to wake up their curiosity and that fun excitement for the language. Singing songs, finding really easy little stories in cartoons, doing funny mini stories live, changing the activities very often. Um, All these playing kind of fun, cool games. All these things so that English becomes something they are curious about, not something they're forced to do that's painful. Yeah, Pablo says, uh, very interested in business club, how to do online business if you don't want to waste a lot of time in social networks. Then if you can touch this subject. Yeah, social networks are not that great for business. Facebook's useless. Uh, Twitter's pretty useless. Uh, You know, even Gab. I like Gab for our community, but I'm not going to make any money from Gab. So in terms of business, 
online business, um, you know, it's all about the search engines and advertising and other, you know, these are the best ways of marketing. The social media marketing stuff is, uh, in my opinion, very exaggerated. It's exaggerated by social media marketing people. They, people at Facebook, oh, you're going to make all this money on Facebook. No, you're not. No, you're not. You're not. Um, there are other things you can do uh, offline. There's, you, I think a lot of it has to do with building an audience by being unique. You have to be very unique. I'll give you an example. Now, he's not really do, doing it for money, but Cole Robinson at Snake Diet. He's super unique. He's very different than everybody else. Very. And he has attracted a very big and loyal audience, people following him. Because he's not like everybody else. Because he's not just normal like everyone else. Now, he has used um, YouTube. Now, YouTube is different. YouTube and podcasting and bit shoot and, you know, video and audio, building an audience that way are very useful. But social media like Facebook, Twitter, no. Instagram, eh. not really. I, you don't need to use that. Mostly that's a waste of time. Most useful of all is advertising. But you have to know what you're doing or else you'll lose a lot of money. So it's, it's you know, you've got to learn ba- real business skills. The idea of just playing on Facebook all day to build your business is mostly bullshit. That's just the truth. You can't, also, you cannot trust the numbers from Facebook. They, they've been caught a few times lying about uh, their numbers f- for advertising and for just normally. Yeah, get on Gab, guys. Now, it's not a business thing, but it's just for our community and for just social, for our effortless English family and community. Gab's the place to be. It's perfect. Come on, guys. Join and share your opinion with us. Gab.com slash AJ Hogue. It's growing fast. My Gab's getting bigger and bigger each day, and it's great. Any more interviews coming? Um, Soon. Soon. I'll do, I'll do one soon. So it's, it's tonight I'm going to email a couple people <laughs> how's your grandma AJ Vladislav says in a few days she's going to get to 100 years old she will be 100 years old in 5 days so she they're having a big birthday party for my grandmother she will be 100 in 5 days I'll do a Skype call with her to say hello so yeah, man, that's amazing. Alejandro, I don't know if you're asking me, where are you from? I'm from the United States, from America. This is some weird English. What means, hark ye, please, it's in Grimm's fairy tales. Okay, that's old. <laughs> we, we don't use this anymore. Hark is kind of like, hey, 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 you know, like, hello. It's just, just you're just, hark ye means it's kind of like trying to get someone's attention. Like, hey, you, 
Hey, you, I think would be the modern version of that. Hey, you, right? It's you say it. You see somebody, you want to get their attention. So you say, hey, you, you know, like, hey, look at me. Listen to me. Hey, you. So the old thing, hark ye. <laughs> but we don't say that anymore. So if you say hark ye now, people will not know what you're saying. They'll be quite confused. How old were you when you had your first child? 50 years old. I waited too long, but I'm very grateful. Can you show us what your studio looks like? It's just an apartment. There's a bunch of... The part you can't see, so outside of this frame, there's like clothes and books and laundry and <laughs> ah med's paying attention med says i notice when you're reading people's comments you're correcting them without saying it which is fantastic yes indeed if someone noticed. Ah, Charles. English has many ways to say the same thing. For example, these days they're talking about storm as a verb for Area 51. Yeah, this is kind of a funny news story. I didn't know this word storm until yesterday. To storm something. When, when you have a group of people storming an area, it means like they're attacking it. Used, used to be used in war a lot. Like you would, the, the army would storm the castle. Storm the castle meaning a huge attack on the castle. Of course, the normal way of using it is as a noun. It's like a, you know, a rainstorm. Yes, Abdo says, can you talk more about homeschooling? How is it done? What's your plan for your kids? I will be talking a lot about homeschooling as my children, you know, move to that, uh, as they become that age. They're, they're too young now. They're just babies. But, uh, yeah, I already have a basic plan. Um, you know, the focus, uh, my, my approach is going to be what I might call loose, tight, yin-yang, uh, so I'm going to have a few hours a day which will be focused, disciplined learning. Right? This is, these are for the key skills, the key things they need. Reading, um, writing and speaking, and basic math. That's it. And, and we used to say reading, writing, and arithmetic. Reading, writing, arithmetic means math. So reading, writing, and arithmetic. Those, those will be the key ones. This is elementary school age. Now, when they get older, we can add some other stuff. But those are the three. That's all I'm going to focus on for, like, disciplined, you know, study, where I'm teaching them specific things. They're going to have maybe specific assignments, and they're going to have to have some self-discipline because it's important to have, build their concentration. But that's, that only, they're only going to need three hours a day to do that, not much. 
The rest of the time is going to be the opposite, which is going to be very loose, uh, just exploring and learning. And they'll be the bosses of that. They'll just, we're going to just all be kind of coaching and helping, but we'll just follow what they are excited about, what they're interested in. So if they are interested in bugs, well, we'll go to the library. We'll start reading about bugs, studying bugs. If they're interested in plants, we'll do that. If they're in you know, different history, part of our reading, you know, when I say reading, writing, arithmetic, a lot of the reading I'll, I will choose will be about history, especially ancient history. Uh, because of our family, it'll be a lot about ancient Greece, ancient Rome, uh, kind of European American history, and then also Japanese. So that's it. And then, you know, of course, part of that too is character, you know, virtue, teaching them virtue. And I'll do that through all those skills. So that, you know, that's only three hours a day focused on those things. And then the rest is kind of just exploring and going outdoors and learning in the real world and trying different things. And, you know, they can learn about money. They can learn about all kinds of different things. And when they get to middle school level, probably somewhere in there, I'll start teaching them specific business skills money skills like the rich dad poor dad stuff like your money for your life um but you can see what's great about it is there's a it only you know school they're wasting so much time uh, in boredom but in just two or three hours a day because it's just me and my children in that focused work they can get so much done so they don't need to be in school all day they don't need to be studying all day just to couple hours a day is enough and the rest of it the whole day will be filled with learning but they'll get to explore their curiosity uh, if Jenny says I've read about the Finnish education system what's your opinion I don't know I've heard things about it that it's supposedly you know quite different and good but uh, I've never been there. I've never seen it myself. I don't know. Homeschooling is still better. That's my opinion. <laughs> it may be better than other countries. But uh, I think homeschooling is the best of all. Tupong says, should we swear a lot? Most of my friends say swearing is an easy way to speak more naturally. No, I disagree. I do not recommend swearing a lot uh, as a non-native speaker because I'm, I, you're probably Vietnamese, I'm guessing. I'm guessing your friends sound not very good when they swear. They probably sound a little ridiculous. Because just, uh, just to be completely honest with you, most people who are not native speakers... They sound strange when they're swearing because swearing, and this is not just for English, okay? Like I'm not going to swear in Japanese or, or even Spanish because it just, it's so much part of the culture and it's so important how you do it. You know, like the tone, the timing, the rhythm, all of that is very important. You know, I'll give you an example. I had a friend, a Thai friend, and... He kind of tried to do this and he would try to say, shit, 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 right? And he would, he'd be trying to say it, you know, like you're saying, trying to sound natural. And I think he was trying to sound angry, but it just sounded funny. 
it sounded funny because the tone was not quite right. The just it's it's very subtle sometimes these things to make it sound right. You know, I give the example. You can say the word you know shit or fuck. You can say it ten different ways and it has ten different feelings. You know, fuck, fuck, fuck. Those all three have a different emotional feeling, and most non-native speakers can't catch it. And they're not used saying it correctly. They're not saying it well, and it just sounds strange. It makes your communication sound terrible. It also can sound rude when you're not trying to be rude, right? So I know when to use it and how to use it. And I can say "fuck," and I can just, and I can make it sound not rude, or I can say "fuck" and make it sound very rude, right? It's, it's my face, it's my tone, it's everything. But for you to do it, it's very, very difficult. I can't do it in another language, and uh, I don't recommend it. I don't recommend it because uh, I, I, you don't need it to sound natural. And, and also, look, a lot of native speakers don't do this. A lot of native speakers speak very clean, cleanly, and they don't use swear words at all. Many don't. Like my mom, never. I've never heard my mom say shit even shit now I uh, sometimes do (laughs) I don't usually do it in the show in the podcast unless I'm giving an example but if I get upset if I'm in you know if I'm feeling you know frustrated in my own personal life uh, often it's just like at my in my home I might do it I don't usually do it in public you know and then of course other people like Cole Robinson He's constantly does it. Fuck, 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 fuck. And see, a lot of people watch, uh, a lot of you have watched his videos and you think, this guy's so rude, this guy's so terrible. But in fact, you know, I watch and as a native speaker watching him and noticing his face and noticing his tone, I, I realize he's not, you know, sometimes he's sounding angry, but other times it's actually quite funny. It's actually humorous. Um, so... It's just not necessary. It's not necessary at all. There are many, many people. As I said, my mom, my grandmother, um, even my cousin. I don't think I've heard him. He almost never says anything. Uh, and he swear words. My uncle almost never. I know a lot of people who almost never swear at all. Native speakers. So it's just it's not necessary. I would recommend not doing it. It's, it's good to understand it. But I don't... There are more important things to learn <laughs> and use, I think. Yeah, if you want to learn how to swear, like Elena says, if you want to learn how to swear, watch Cole Robinson's shows. Indeed. If you want to, you know, if you do want to practice, if you want to ignore my advice, watch Snake Diet videos. That guy's a master. <laughs> He's a master. <laughs> like I said, I find him very funny. I think he's hilarious. He's why is he funny? Because he's speaking the truth. This guy is super red pilled. Okay, he's not doing it to be rude. He's doing it for emotional power. He's but he's so direct, right? Every when other people they're trying to be polite, they avoid the truth. They're hiding the truth. He just says the truth. You're fat. You're fat. Stop eating. Well, that's the truth. Right? And that's why it's kind of funny. We're not used to such honesty. He's so honest. He's not trying to be mean. He's honest. Yeah, and Jaya Devon says, you sound more educated when you don't swear. 
Exactly, you do. You certainly, it makes you sound more crude. Now, sometimes you might want to sound crude, but overall, it's not necessary. Hugo says, about your babies, will they first speak English or Japanese? Good question. We'll see. Hmm. Which will the first word be English or Japanese? It might be mommy or something. All right, I guess I got to get going. Yeah, like Pablo says, when I went to Mexico, I lived in Mexico, Mexican co-workers tried to use it, but it was funny and not correct. Yes, that's right. That's right. I remember I watched, uh, when I was uh, working on Spanish four years ago, I watched a uh, show. What was it called? Los Cuervos? Anyway, it was like, uh, I was, it was a Mexican show. And it was, it had a lot of swearing. And like, when I first watched it, I couldn't understand half the sentences because it had all these slang and swear words and then I started watching it more and more and started to understand it but I realized I can't use this because I'll just sound stupid if I try this <laughs> so anyway it's your but it's up to you you know whatever you want to do that's just my recommendation okay guys I gotta go lots of love to you build that momentum get on Gab and uh, join our challenge it's coming soon what is tomorrow Thursday we'll be back Maybe a business topic tomorrow. I don't know. We'll see. Okay, lots of love to you. Uh, chat with you on Gab soon. As always, join my Effortless English Club VIP membership. Commit, don't quit at EffortlessEnglishClub.com. Speak English powerfully. Commit, don't quit to my VIP program at EffortlessEnglishClub.com. <laughs>